0: Is this thing still on?
1: I think they can hear us a bit better now. Should we keep talking?
0: Of course. Let's say it louder for those in the back. Hi, and welcome to the Nurse podcast, an unfiltered discussion about health and healthcare. My name is Amy Archibald-Burley.
1: And my name is Sarah Fung.
0: And we are your podcast hosts.
1: If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, iHeartRadio, or any other podcast platform, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can get updates on new episodes.
0: If you love our podcast and our advocacy work, please go to www.grittynurse.com and click on the support us button. This will give you access to exclusive episodes and early releases on a monthly basis.
1: This will help us with the cost of running the podcast, the time and energy to put out awesome and informative episodes. And for that, we thank you, and we appreciate you. All right, welcome back, everyone, and thank you for tuning into the Grady Nurse Podcast. We have an interesting topic today. We're actually going to be talking about nursing school, Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know why we haven't covered this in more detail before. Like we've talked about why we got into nursing and little tidbits about clinicals, but we've never really talked about our experience with nursing school. So, Amy, do you want to tell us a little bit about your initial thoughts on this topic?
0: Maybe I didn't, but I think I did talk about like my journey into nursing school wasn't exactly this a straight line. I actually envisioned myself as like a news weather girl, then scratch that, and then I was like, oh, I want to be a child and youth worker, and I did one semester, and I was like, fuck this shit. I was like, no, I can't. Like these badass kids. No, actually, the like I did one semester, and I just figured that like it just wasn't. I didn't feel like I had fit into that spot, that situation, and i had previously had like you know um my grandpa who was sick before that and i just felt that like you know i should have followed my heart and went into healthcare. Mm-hmm. so i did but again like i said it wasn't a straight line and uh but when i think about nursing school like i think there's so many cliches and memes and we've seen all the like the various different memes about nursing school it's it is really awful <laughs> I don't know what else to say. I just remember, um, I don't remember, I remember my last year being fun, but year one through three was somewhat disastrous. And I think it was just like, you know, it was coursework, theoretical, very, very heavy and the integration of clinical. That's kind of like my over, my bird's eye view of my nursing school experience not saying that there weren't some fun times because there was absolutely some really funny times and I hope we can touch on some of that today but from a bird's eye view it was it was kind of a nightmare (laughs) it was like high school all over again
1: Yeah, my journey was a little different. So I went straight into nursing school from high school. So I was 18 when I started nursing school and really naive. Uh, I had moved away to attend nursing school. So it was not just a new environment, but, you know, being on your own for the first time, there's a lot of freedom with that. And now nobody's looking over your shoulder to see that you're studying and going to your classes and all that. I really felt like a fish out of water. And my really only experience with healthcare up until that point was I used to volunteer at a hospital. So... I don't know if you remember back in high school, we had to complete the 40 hours of community
0: service. I did not. I did OAC. So I did. Oh,
1: oh, so I was the first year that I had to do that. So I had to do 40 hours of community service and I did it at a hospital. But my only role really was to hand out ice water to patients. But at least it brought me into the hospital got up and close with patients. I got to see IVs running and, you know, I I didn't really get to stay for procedures, but I could see that there was a lot happening. So it kind of put me in that environment. And I thought, maybe this is where I want to be. And it's funny that you mentioned wanting to be a weather girl because I was deciding at the time between nursing and journalism. So the written part of we could have been, you know, crossing paths. <laughs> we're <Who knows>? we're <laughs>
0: slowly fulfilling our dreams. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness.
1: But yeah, just back to the workload, like it, I did not anticipate that much workload. And because I had roommates at the time, I had a roommate that was in social science. So she was studying anthropology. And I remember she had 15 hours of class a week. That's it. So here I am with like 20 plus hours of class plus clinical And I was like, what is going on here? This is so unbalanced. And I felt like the whole time, really, I was just trying to keep my head above water because, like I said, I was pretty young, didn't have time to really question anything. I just did what needed to be done in order to get through nursing school, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, if if there's one thing I could say to any of like, you know, the nursing students that are in school now or thinking about getting into nursing school, the struggle and the hustle is real. (laughs) Like it's just really, really wild. And I just and, you know, I think I think um, there have been a lot of different conversations about how nursing school is or, you know, this has been the model for a very long time. Are there any thoughts of changing it? And I just feel like there's not any real appetite to make huge changes in terms of how the curriculum is laid out. I think there's some really important things that should be integrated. So one of the things that you actually touched on was, you know, like one of your, your I guess, peers was doing like social sciences. She was doing anthropology. But one of the things I found is I actually had a break in my nursing school. I had a car accident that kind of put me out of commission. Couldn't, I couldn't do clinical. And that's a whole other situation where um, you think that in nursing school that they'd be much more understanding of persons with disabilities. And in my case, way back a gazillion years ago, they weren't. So hopefully things have changed. But, you know, in my situation, um, they were not very helpful. So I actually had the opportunity to go back to school. Well, not go back to school. Like, I, Instead of going back into nursing, I went to U of T and I did sociocultural and biological anthropology. And man, I think that just gave me a completely different lens on healthcare, on dealing with people. And I think that's, a, that's an experience that I think a lot of young learners that are getting into healthcare miss. Like, I hear all these stories of, you know, like, medical students that are just out of high school graduating, they're 21 years old, and they like, that's their first job. Mm-hmm. Same with nurses, too. That, that's kind of scary. Like you literally have no skills in terms of dealing with conflict dealing with, you know, people understanding how people work, understanding that, you know, there are cultural differences, respecting those differences. And I felt that 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 break I had in that time that I spent at U of T learning about, learning about indigenous people, learning about, you know, um, cultures, learning about how people interact with the world gave me a hugely different perspective when I came back into fourth year. It was just like eye opening. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of work that should be done in in terms of how the curriculum's laid out, but maybe what we should do is kind of dive in year by year in terms of what you remember um, your nursing school being like.
1: So, As I mentioned, I had moved away, right? So it was basically me trying to adapt to my new environment. And um, one of the first things I remember is scrambling to find my classroom, which in, in today's world, being virtual, that might not be an issue anymore. But I remember scrambling to find my first class. And then, of course, I arrived late and I sat down. And the professor that was leading that class said to everybody, look to your left and look to your right these people are going to be your best friends for the next four years. And I was like, what? Um, <laughs> spoiler alert, that didn't happen for me. So it's not like the person that sat next to me on either side was my best friend. But these were the expectations that we were, we were set with from the very beginning, that, you know, nursing school is going to be your life for the next four years. So hang on tight. I was not ready for that. And one of the things that you and I talked about was the need to buy this kit of clinical supplies when oh, yes. we first started the clinical, nursing school. The clinical kit. <laughs> Tuition was pretty pricey back then. It's way more than what it used to be. But I remember having to fork out $80 for this clinical kit. I don't even remember what it was called. It was this canvas bag and there was the word nursing in big white letters against like a navy canvas uh, fabric. And you'd find all kinds of random stuff in there, like a catheterization kit. There'd be syringes, gauze, all of that. And it wasn't until maybe a couple months in that I realized these supplies were
0: expired. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I mean, oh, my God, we're really letting the cat out of the bag today because, you know, I I don't think they can actually get away from not buying it. Like, at the end of the day, like, students have to buy this kit, right? Like, I hate to say this, but, like, when we worked in a hospital, we threw that stuff out all the time like do you remember going down to the like expired closet it wasn't even a closet it was literally a room full room full of just expired stuff right and um like at the hospital that some hospitals had really great strategies for like repurposing some of the stuff but like there was so much waste and then just now thinking retrospectively spending a hundred dollars on or eighty dollars on a kit that you know we ended up like throwing all that stuff out it's it's quite painful and i'm sorry students you're not going to get away from it but it is it is quite the expense
1: you know i feel like in the states though i feel like in the states they might not have had this problem because everything's barcoded and counted for but in canada because everything's kind of covered we don't think about these things and so much stuff ends up in nooks and crannies to be discovered yeah, years later. i don't
0: know you're you're, you're, <laughs> you're, you're you're hitting it with the kid gloves but i just- I I just remember being like, oh my God, this is the worst. And and we have to talk about this. Textbooks. Okay, so Sarah, let me ask you, how many nursing textbooks do you have now, like leftover?
1: I literally have zero because during my moves, I got rid of all of them. (laughs) But at one point, I had one textbook that was so thick that I used it as a footstool. That was the only use. Oh, God.
0: <laughs> I am sure I'm walking around moving year to year with like 300 pounds of textbook. I'm not even lying. Like, I just need to get rid of these books. And and this is the thing. It sucks. I can't really sell them. I guess I could. But like, there's new editions for ev- like every year there was a new edition, which was it was it was the worst, right? Like, you couldn't you couldn't get rid of them fast enough, but I got to tell you, we had a little bit of a grift (laughs) and students be out there on on the grind looking for your (laughs) grifts. There was um, a copying center. I know this is real bad. And um, to save money, what we used to do is we used to like copy the textbook and we would share that with one another. I know that's horrible, but like, you know, people got to survive. Like some people just don't have money to drop $800, $1,000 on textbooks every year. Some of the hidden costs that we don't, we don't recognize and we don't really account for for people who are coming into these programs, right?
1: Well, nowadays, I feel like everything is online. But before, you were made to feel like you had to have this textbook or you were missing out on something. When in reality, I think you could have just attended all of the lectures, you know, read all of your notes, memorize what they said, and you'd be fine without all these extra readings or recommended readings or whatever it is you call it.
0: Yeah, man, it really depended on your prof though, right? Because like there were some profs that, I'll be honest, I just never went to those classes because they literally just read off of the slides. I was like, I don't need to be here. I could do this. I could read on my own. And then there were some profs that had nothing on their slides and they just spoke. So like Mm -hmm. it was just all pictures. And if you didn't attend, like you were screwed. (laughs) It was just like you miss a class and and you're going to miss something. And then there were other teachers that did like a combination of both. And then on your test, they like, you know, here's your required reading. And now they're asking you something specifically from that text. Those teachers were like, man, (laughs) there's a special place for those teachers. But again, at the end of the day, like I, I think about year one and it was, it was a whirlwind. And I think, you know, coming into university and just, there was just so much going on year one for me. I don't know about you, Sarah, it just felt like it zipped by. And I think that was your, that was like, anatomy, physiology, that was bed making, that was, you know, um, I don't think we didn't do injections at then. But like, it was all kind of like the softer skills. And just, I just remember it whipping by way too fast. Did you have a cadaver lab? Where you were? Nope. Nope, um, oh, nope. I did. I did. That was crazy.
1: <laughs> what I was going to say, though, is I do remember actually doing practice on injections first year. Again, with oh, okay. my clinical kit and an orange, had to practice giving um, injections. And I remember, I don't know what happened. I pushed too hard and the needle went through the whole orange and broke, okay? So oh God. let me tell you, just because you start out badly doesn't mean it's going to end up that way. So that's highlight number one. Highlight number two was studying for my anatomy and physiology midterm. And I remember doing some sort of practice test and breaking down crying because I'm like, why are there so many <laughs> muscles in the body? Why are there so many origins and insertions? And why are there so many damn
0: nerves? Like the cranial nerves. The cra- Yeah, <laughs> I mean... That was wild. Like, I remember us, like, and there were the OSCEs, right? So you kind of had the stations, you had to go station to station, and they, like, you might get the cranial nerve station. Like, I think, I'm trying to remember what I pulled. I definitely did not pull the cranial nerve station, thankfully. But, like, I I just, I don't know, I love the OSCEs. I found that was just a better way for me to learn hands-on and kind of more of doing it than saying it. Mm -hmm. But, like, Just thinking about injections, like I, I, I don't know why I don't recall first year. You're probably absolutely right, but I I just wanted to share my experience with you know when we when we got to the state the the point where we're doing you know like learning about IVs and stuff, and I remember of course they were like you can't do based on whatever school you went. I think each school had like different different requirements that they would allow you to do, and I quite remember our organization was like no, no IV starts. No, like this, no that, and the nurses were like, "Yo, we're gonna teach you everything." <laughs> we're just like, "We're gonna get in trouble." And they're like, "Nah, nah, it's fine. We're gonna teach you this." And I remember them saying, "Like you could, you could practice on us. You could practice on our arms." And uh, you know that that was one of the things that I I found like they were brave. <laughs> These nurses were so brave to be like, "Yeah, practice on me." And I remember one time I don't know why, but like my husband, I think well, it wasn't my husband at the time. My boyfriend um, was dropping me off lunch. And I was like, hey, maybe I'll practice on him. Because he's got some really, like, the veins just, like, pop out of his arm. He's got, you know, those, We look at those sexy, juicy, like, veins. We're like, yes. (laughs) And I remember I was like, I'll just practice on him. And uh, got the tourniquet out. Got him all prepped and ready. Tourniquet was on probably way too long. Put the IV in. And I'm like, oh, I don't have a flashback. I'm worried. And he's like, Amy. And I'm like, yeah. I look at him he's like the needle is like straight into my arm and I feel it like almost touching the back of my elbow and I was just like
1: oh "Oh." no was it at a 90 degree angle (laughs) yes it was
0: (laughs) but it was just like and he was just calm and I just pulled back out and the nurses were killing themselves laughing it's so scary like imagine like we're doing these things we're doing these things to patients but we have to learn some way or some way shape or form but I just remember like I don't know about you but I found every type of when, like when it came to like that there may be potential harm and harm that we couldn't get away with because it's a part of procedure treatment I just remember always being like ah, I don't really want to do this but I know it was a part of my job
1: yeah I think I think drawing blood and IVs is one of those things that every nurse has to go through but for me it's it's oddly satisfying to know that you've gotten the vein or get the blood although I hate having my own blood taken I I like taking other people's blood
0: I mean eventually like of course we were labor and delivery nurses right by the time you hit there like we did I did so many IVs it it just it was just something we did on every single every single patient every single woman who came in had an IV even if it was a saline lock we all Pregnant people came in and I was just like, this is going to happen. Like you're getting one of these today. And we did have the rule of the, it was like two pokes and then you get someone else. But mm-hmm. I'd say that for the most part, like I didn't really have very much trouble. It, it was really just the, their the preeclampsia moms that were like, can't get it. And anesthesia would come, they'd fly in and just do all the hard work for us. Close their eyes and just get a vein. And we're like, what the hell? But yeah, I mean... <laughs> kind of year 1 for me was a blur but i like i mean what about what was year 2 like for you um year 2 i feel like was equally busy because
1: i don't remember why but we had an extra class that we had to take i i don't remember what the details but they crammed like an extra class into year 2 so it was more of the same it was like you know i think we i got over my anatomy and physiology but then year 2 was pharmacology and we had the yes. most oh hilarious God, the farm Oh, we had the most hilarious professors. So if there was anyone that could make it interesting, it was him. I can still hear his voice in my head. Um, (laughs) I I think he tried as best he could to make it interesting. But he was one of those professors, as you mentioned, that didn't have any slides, didn't have any notes. You had to show up and you had to write down everything he said.
0: So if you didn't
1: know how something was spelled, I don't even know what we did back then. Just, you know, write it down the best you could, because it's not like Google was really that big back then. Um, So there was that pharmacology. Then my clinical rotations, I believe were mental health and um, pediatrics. Uh, So mental health, I actually got to do in the inpatient mental health facility, but pediatrics, they were saying um, they didn't want year two students going into the hospital. So I ended up doing my pediatrics rotation in a
0: daycare. Okay, that's that's wild. How was that?
1: (laughs) Interesting. I feel like the only thing I really did was a uh, a lesson for kids on how to brush their teeth. But aside from that, it didn't really feel like I imagine a nursing placement would feel. I was just kind of playing with kids like all day. See
0: See, you know, it's crazy. Like I was of the year where we actually had strike during our, our year two and it was a long, long strike. Oh, yeah. So I actually had my, 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 I had my PEath placement, but it was actually um in a school and we had like, I honestly, like, I, I think it was just, I feel like it was on sexual health and I would have never imagined, like, I feel like it was make work. If you want to be honest, that's how I felt with mine. And then, like, I had my mental health rotation, and that was wild. And it was actually just like it was just there were talks of the strike that was going to happen, and I think I had done like two or three clinical placements. But this, I got to tell the story. So I had like we we went and we attended groups. It was all cool, and I was learning a lot. And I think mental health nursing, I think it takes a very special definitely definitely to work in mental health nursing like I think I think about all my friends who are mental health nurses and I think the world of them because I think that they're special people too they have special places in my heart anyhow I remember being in this group and it was I can't remember what specifically was a group it was just like an outpatient mental health group and I remember leaving and there was like a gentleman that was like leaving behind me and he he pulled up behind me He's like, miss, miss, miss. And I turned around. I'm like, hey, uh, I, I re- remember you from group. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I was just wondering if I could, like, uh, talk to you. And I was like, sure, you know, like, and I was like, do you have more questions about the group? And he grabbed my badge and he looked at my first name and my last name. And this is when, like, so student badges, like, they have all the deets. Like, it had what you, like, you know, on your arm. You had your, like, special crest from whatever school you were at. And then like your badges had your first name and last name. So he just grabbed my badge and I was like, oh my God, he's going to like choke me. But he just <laughs> was looking at the name and uh, he looks at my name. He's like, hmm. and then he, and then he's like, I want to have babies with you. And I was like, I beg your pardon. <laughs> I was just like, uh, what was that? And he's like, yeah, I want to have babies with you. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that's like appropriate and i actually ended up having like to be escorted out two or three times and then obviously he was told that that was inappropriate but it was i was i was like oh my god what is happening and then this was just this other side of nursing in terms of you know understanding what it is to have a patient with mental health challenges because i think sometimes you see them and you're like oh they sit in group and everything seems fine and not not understanding the the pathology behind some of these you know conditions and not realizing that you know again i think we see mental health as something we don't see it we don't see it and recognize it in the sense because it like a broken arm you don't see it so you don't really recognize that maybe that person's having challenges other than them coming to an outpatient group so it was just wild that I had this interaction and then literally no clinical for seven to eight weeks because our school went on strike and essentially I think we lost yeah we lost almost 11 weeks of school and um we were all okay with it <laughs> you <laughs> Students survived <are> yeah <laughs> Take that, strike.
1: Year two for me, it was like, I guess just to recap it, it was a lot of hard work, but I was finding my way a little bit more. So not freaking out quite so much and kind of knowing what to expect. I'm just thinking now year three. My year three, I had to do a community placement and it was basically in mental health outpatient. They called it um, for survivors of mental health challenges or whatever. And um, it was kind of grassroots, like it was funded by, um, I think, a local community group. And it was really cool. Like it was basically drop in for people who had mental health issues so they could socialize and, you know, do some activities. Um, So all was good, probably for the first like three, four weeks. And then the nurse who was running it, who was also our clinical instruct, well, our preceptor, got into some sort of argument and swore at everybody and stormed out this was in the middle of one of our yeah one of the days so we were there Crazy, and we're like oh my god so it was me and this other nurse there were two of us from the same program in there and we're like oh my god what do we do now we don't even have a point person So she was just gone. And so for the remaining three weeks, we had to, I think we just kind of showed up and did what we thought we were supposed to do, but really we didn't have a nurse there because after that outburst, she got fired and they didn't replace her during the remainder of our time. and so I never found out what happened with her, but I'm like, that that was very strange. And the other thing was, um, the person that I was doing the placement with for my school, we used to carpool together. And I don't know if she had some underlying mental health issues, but I had asked her to do something. We were working on a project, and I was like, could you do your part? And then she basically uh, sent me a death threat over email. And... When I went back to the school, they basically said, Oh, because you didn't report it um within twenty four hours, there's nothing we could do.
0: That and is, I was like what, what? what kind of weird rule is that? That doesn't even
1: make any sense. The person who was our um clinical instructor, I guess, the person that was with the school told me that and i remember trying to go above her and nobody would do anything so i just told this girl like listen i don't feel comfortable carpooling with you anymore so you need to find your own way
0: yikes that is so and they did nothing about that
1: well again this was me being naive and young and i should have i should have pushed it harder but i didn't i kind of just oh let it go
0: yeah that is that is wild it, it actually brings up <laughs> Oh, my God. A story about because I, I think I think everyone has this experience that, you know, you get in a clinical group, you you carpool with the folks that might be in your clinical group. And actually, you know, this person and uh, her name I is do. Catherine. Yes. <laughs> so we actually used to carpool together when we had clinical. And this this is wild. So our first day, our first day at clinical, I actually had a blue shiny Honda Civic car. And um, it was actually brand new. It was 2006. And I was picking her up to go to the, the, oh, I was going to say, I was picking her up to go to the hospital and I'm driving along. I have her in the car. Like I picked her up now. We're heading towards this hospital. And I see this big Canadian goose like fly down in the middle of the road. And let me just say like the, we were driving in Brampton, the driving out there. I'd say it's probably gotten worse, but like we were driving on like a major street where like the speed limit is 70. So let's just say most people are going like 90 on this road. So I see this bird swoop down and I'm like, oh my God, like what the hell? And it's kind of like, there, just kind of, you know, just like on in the middle of the road. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm going to have to swerve. So like I go to like motion out of the way and it gets clipped by a truck and I was like oh you know that that's gonna save me the heartache and then it <laughs> kind of like like didn't really fly off and I fucking boof like I hit this big ass Canadian goose it made the craziest noise like Hah! and I was like what. <laughs> Maybe that was an airlock being pushed out of its lungs by your car. And there's, like, all, like, I saw these feathers going everywhere. And I'm, like, Catherine's, like, kind of, she, like, screams a little bit. And I'm, like, oh, my God. (laughs) And then I look behind, and it's, like, not dead. So I'm, like, oh, my God. Like, I'm going to have to, like, go back and try to, like, you know, put this bird out of its misery. And again, because I'm on Beauvais, so I'm on this busy street, there's trucks everywhere. And this truck just was like 18 was like, and just like done. And I was just like, I'm like, she's like fully shaken up. We probably said, like, three words to her other than her screaming in the car after I, like, decimate this bird. And then we get to the hospital. Sarah, my whole grill, the whole front of the car is covered in, I don't even know what. Bird guts. (laughs) what, What, like, things was there. And I called Jordan. I'm bawling, right? I'm like, oh my god. And, like, I just thought that this person, like, she was just silent after, and I'm like, I think she hates me. Like, I just like, just, like, first day killed this, like, Canadian goose. And then I was worried that I was going to be arrested because, like, I a killed a <laughs> Well, it was a Canadian goose. They're not, you have to, like, get out of the- They're not endangered, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> it was the worst. Oh, my God.
1: Okay, this uh, this is worthy of hashtag only in Canada. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 the sound i'll never forget that sound it was kind of like <laughs> <laughs> this oh my is so God. bad. <laughs> i'm sorry goosey
1: okay you know what knock on wood i've never hit an animal that wasn't already dead okay i mean i've seen my share of roadkill in my day but not yet knock on wood have i ever killed something
0: oh my god it was just the worst because like we barely like I think we must have just like exchanged emails we're like okay we're going to the same place she lives very close and that was like my first interaction with her like
1: did you end up carpooling the rest of the time I don't
0: think I don't know I'd have no I want to ask Catherine like if we did I can't remember I think we carpooled maybe once or twice after that but I think it was just it was crazy it was just very messed up I totally <laughs> destroyed that bird. <laughs>
1: oh, my gosh. Okay, let's move on.
0: Fourth year. Let's move on to fourth year.
1: Yeah. Move on to fourth year. So fourth year, I don't remember much about the first semester. But, of course, I do remember my clinical, my final clinical consolidation. And the way it worked in my school is that you had to rank your top three choices. So, of course, everybody mm-hmm. wanted obstetrics or labor and delivery. And I did, to rank that number one. Don't ask me how I got chosen because it clearly, I don't think it was merit-based. I think they just kind of did a lottery type system because there was, I did not by any stretch have the highest grades in my class. Like I didn't, Okay. (laughs) but I don't know how I got it. So I'm like, okay, I got it. And it was like, honestly, amazing compared to. The other clinical placements I'd had leading up to it, like I had two really, really great preceptors. They um, were both senior nurses, but they weren't those, you know, crotchety senior nurses. Like they actually wanted to teach. They wanted to help me learn. One of them said, I take too much vacation. So then she had like a second person kind of buddy shifts um, or like whenever she was off, like this other person would um, be my preceptor. And I saw so much. Like I feel like they actually actively looked for things for me to experience. So after I'd seen, you know, my first vaginal delivery, they wanted me to see C-sections. They wanted me to see stillbirths even. They wanted me to be part of high risk births. Like I actually even saw a couple breech births, which I don't think is very common now, because there was this one obstetrician who still did them back then. So, wow. I mean, like, I don't have anything really bad to say other than, yeah, it was hard, you know, doing the night shifts and shadowing, you know, doing full-time hours, which I was not used to, but... um Yeah, it was overall was pretty good compared to what I'd seen up until that point.
0: So, yeah, like I remember my fourth year and, you know, you had that one class that everyone had to go to and just kind of had a final paper. It was more about, you know, um, reflecting on your practice, reflecting on what you're learning. And then again, the consolidation, I think, again, I lucked out, too. I think ours was grade based. So it was based on your previous semesters to get into, you know, um, like, more subspecialty so I did choose labor and delivery specifically and I was actually fortunate so in year two I did a little stint in labor and delivery postpartum and the same person I had then was the same person I had in fourth year so she was amazing I still am really good friends with her her name is Danielle and um yeah my first my very first day we had a stillborn I'll never forget about it because I cried like a baby like I'm not even gonna lie I I remember um, getting to the shift and Danielle was like, this is this is the case that we have today. And, you know, um, this is probably the best way to get you in in understanding what labor and delivery is all about. It was a full term loss. And she was who I think taught me about like how to really show that compassion. Because I think you think that it's something that would come naturally. It's actually something that's learned and something that's taught. And she was just... I couldn't imagine anybody better than her in terms of how that was dealt with, how she cared for the baby, how she prepped the baby, how she spoke to the families about the baby. It was just, it was a, just a really good. I know, it, like it's a horrible situation, but it was a really good experience to see someone like her in that role, and it was a really good model for me in terms of how I handled losses after that. In terms of you know working with my patients and families. Mm-hmm. but yeah like it was like that was my first ever exposure and I think it was we were kind of a, like the odd couple pairing because she was very she was a very quiet very I think you've met her she's very quiet I have, very yeah kind of reserved and laid back and of course like I'm not like that but I don't know it just seems like we kind of like mesh I don't know we, our personalities kind of mesh that way and um yeah so we just really jived really well and um oh, like it was just I think it was it was like a perfect pairing again, she got me my job after my consolidation, and i I was luckily I had her again for my my orientation. But fourth year was good. I think if I think about, you know, leading up to fourth year, did I feel fully prepared? I felt as prepared as I possibly could be. I think that consolidation really kind of seals the deal. Do I think that there are certain things that I felt? could have been done differently absolutely but I think that fourth year for me really kind of tied everything in into into place very nicely and you know I think for me that was my best year like the the year I I enjoyed the most and it's not just because of all the consolidation I just had a lot of different experiences and I felt that I had learned I had a different journey right like I didn't do year 1 year 2 year 3 right I had a different pathway and I just felt that I had so much more to offer I was I was more mature I had different like I now I had a different skill set that I brought from sociocultural anthropology and from biological anthropology and I just felt it it kind of amped up or leveled up I guess my nursing practice so I just enjoyed it much more than I did in all of my other years but I mean Mm -hmm. that's that's just it I think and I I I remember my graduation and I remember uh because I didn't graduate with my graduating class because obviously like they had gone on and I was like I don't know anybody here but they all were super like I don't know it was just a really good community they were all just like yeah it doesn't matter that you weren't here let's celebrate together and it was amazing and I remember like us throwing our hats up be like yeah we're nurses and I had no idea what was
1: coming for me You know, a lot of the topics that we talk about on this podcast are topics that I wish were covered in nursing school. So I've said before that I feel like this podcast is supplemental learning to what you get in nursing school because it's very task oriented. So you learn about, you know, the clinical aspect. You learn about all the things you need to learn about for um, a bedside nursing job, which is great. All of these other things that we're talking about, you know, health equity, racism, mental health support for nurses. For some reason, it just doesn't get covered. And I don't know if it's because of lack of time or because the traditional topics just kind of keep going year after year. But it's really important to kind of know, like, take a step back and realize like what you're doing and why. And one thing I do want to also say about clinical placements is if you don't get your first choice, that's okay too. Because that happened to a lot of my classmates and they ended up really liking where they did their consolidation. So whether it was med surge. Um, even occupational health, like they ended up really liking where they worked. And if they didn't, they were still able to eventually get to where they wanted to be. So it's not the be all end all. It's not going to determine your future as a nurse. Like take this experience for what it is and learn as much as you can, I think is what I would say.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Like, I mean, I, I and it's not even about being picky. And and I, again, I think you'll oh, there's always opportunity and room to grow. And And just like, I would have never, Sarah, never seen myself doing what I'm doing now back then like it just it just didn't even occur to me that you know nurses can be in politics nurses can be in journalism nurses could like there's just so many different places and and spaces that you could be in that I think again just don't limit yourself don't be hard on yourself year four will come and go and then you're gonna be like what the f i have the clinical skills now i need the life skills i think that's probably what you kind of were meaning in terms of like the various different aspects that we don't get that's kind of supplemental that we give in our in our talks but again i'd say it's a good foundation but there can be some work done and at the end of the day try to enjoy it as as best as you can it's it's really challenging i i have to say that like it is there's so much pressure and so much so it's so rigorous I guess that's what they would say and again you know I think that that's another thing that we could look at in terms of making sure that you know are we doing the right thing again but at the end of the day don't be hard on yourself one day at a time and you will graduate and you'll be like yes i am done this and now I have to deal with other shit but (laughs) one day at a time.
1: Yeah, and don't be too hard on yourself about things like grades either because unless you're planning to apply to graduate school, never have I been asked what my grade point average was. Oh, on job application? Yeah, no. I had never been asked (laughs) where I went to school, just that I had my nursing license, right? So just think of it that way. And I remember at the time, everything seemed like such a big deal. But when I look back, at the end of the day, it was what I learned, the people that I met, um, the fact that I was able to be a nurse, and then you just kind of keep learning, and don't be afraid to try new things.
0: Yeah, I, I like that piece. Definitely, always keep learning. I think if you if you stop learning, how can you continue to call yourself a nurse? Nurses are STEM. We're we're a STEM, and it's about continual learning, continual education, and a, using evidence based practice, and that's the way that we inform our care and our care decisions. So, yeah, yeah. It's not gonna be that bad. You'll graduate, it'll be great.